the final event of 2019, the Billabong Pipe Masters crescendoed in the final heat in very good surf, with world-ranked number two surfing for his third world title and attempting to defend his Pipe Masters crown against the slight underdog and world-ranked number one. The world title would be decided between the top two surfers in the final at Pipeline, but before I recap the circumstances that led us to the most exciting season finish since Andy sent Kelly to cry in the shower, I'll remind you that these postscript episodes are supported by a fin rental service called Fanatic.com. They ship fins to your house. It's a $10 monthly fee, which not only covers the fin rental, it also covers the shipping cost back and forth. You keep the fins as long as you want or as short as you want. You manage a queue on their website. So when you send the fins back, they automatically ship the next set of fins from your queue. They stock all the fins from all of the major fin companies. Use our promo code podcast to support this show. And you'll also get your first month's rental for free. So fanatic.com, our promo code is podcast. Thank you for that. And without further ado, here's my postscript to the 2019 Billabong Pipe Masters. When we left Portugal, it was a five-way race for the title, with Idolo Ferreira being the only athlete who controlled his own destiny. Even second-ranked, two-time world champ Gabriel Medina couldn't win the world title unless Idolo finished one position lower. But Idolo had surfed the Pipe Masters four times before, and he'd finished 13th three out of those four times. Contrast that to Gabriel's three finals berths and being the defending pipe master champ and that positions Gabriel as the favored surfer going into the 2019 pipe masters. In an effort to close that chasm, Idolo showed up in Hawaii a month in advance and was consistently the first person in the water at pipeline daily in all variety of conditions, logging more hours than anyone else, CT surfer or local. Gabriel, on the other hand, took the time between events to go home to Brazil and regroup and decompress from the intensity of the title race. Idolo's November pipe sessions were quietly being surveyed from the back porch of a man who led the rankings through the first half of the season by a larger margin than we've seen since Kelly Slater's sequence of titles in 2010 and 2011. When Idolo showed up in Hawaii, John John couldn't even stand on a surfboard still recovering from a surgery that hoped to fix a knee injury he sustained during a heat in Brazil, which was actually a re-injury from last year in a free surf after the event in Bali. Both of those injuries were incurred while John was attempting airs, the first while landing and the second while launching. John John had won two of the first four events of this season. He withdrew mid-Brazil in first place, and despite not having competed in the subsequent five events, he was set to re-enter the season in an e-brace at Pipeline, ranked 8th in the world. Another perennial pipe favorite, despite being outside the world title conversation, was the most winning pipe surfer and 11-time world champ Kelly Slater. With a promising forecast and impressive performances at Haleiwa and Sunset, events Kelly rarely surfs, he seemed more engaged and interested than he has in other years when he's been outside of title contention. The event opened with stellar conditions and pulsing surf, albeit mostly at backdoor, and we used two days of resource, swell, and competition to dispatch a mere four among 36 surfers. 
Those four guys were Leonardo Fioravanti, Michael Rodriguez, Frederico Morales, and former pipe master Jeremy Flores. The only title contender who didn't win his first round heat was Jordy Smith, who injured his knee while surfing in Hawaii two weeks prior, flew to California to assess the damage, and then decided that his potential first world title was worth risking excessive damage to his knee, so he flew back to compete at Pipeline. His second place finish in round one positioned him against Jesse Mendez in round three, a foe whom had narrowly defeated Jordy in the same round at Karamas in May in a controversial judge's decision. Jordy's injury didn't seem to be showing, but neither was any passion nor intensity that we saw from all the other four world title contenders. At the very beginning of the season and throughout, I posited that Jordy was setting a marathoner's pace and planning to peak in the season's end, perhaps in Europe, but certainly at Pipeline. And Jordy did make the final in Portugal, but he looked lost in France. And he exhibited no visible tactics nor strategy through any of those last events of the season. And he certainly didn't showcase any strategy or tactics against Jesse Mendez at Pipe. He seemed happy to simply exchange waves and priority and muster a 7.5 heat total to Jesse's 9.10. Jesse would be dispatched from the event and the tour unceremoniously and with an equally low heat score in the very following round. And Jordy's title hopes for 2019 ended with hardly a whimper. But it's still an impressive third place overall finish. So congrats on that, Jordy. Felipe Toledo was the other title hopeful who lost in round three. Known for his small wave wizardry, Felipe can't escape the critiques about him being fearful in shallow barreling waves. His pipe performance here won't do much to dissuade those criticisms. That said, he did improve on past performances, just as he did in Tahiti, and he even managed to navigate a few barrels. But he's calculated in his approach, and he's not nearly as sure-footed as he is when he's on smaller boards. So if you contrast his approach with Jadson Andres, who will absolutely spin and go on any wave that lurches regardless of size or how deep he is, you would think that Felipe and Jadson's rankings were flip-flopped. In round one, Felipe was lucky to draw David Silva and Ricardo Christie, whom, by the way, had finished 17th in every event of the season leading up to Europe, where he finished 33rd twice. So Felipe must have been elated when he drew Ricardo again in round three, but then equally as gobsmacked to witness Ricardo put together his best result of the season by virtue of an 11.04 heat total. En route to his loss, Felipe claimed a 6.17. Shane Dorian was in the booth, and he complimented Felipe's improvement, but also stated that if you're in a world title race, you cannot avoid pipeline leading up to the event. So hopefully Felipe heeds that advice, and uh, hopefully he takes cues from Adriano de Souza and now Idolo and uh, shows up early in Hawaii, or perhaps he'll even stick around through January to log some more practice out there this year. And um, despite whether or not Felipe does that, I'm gonna go out on a limb and make a prediction that 2019 marks peak Felipe. This is the best we're ever gonna see of him. He'll continue to be the fastest surfer on tour and he'll be a threat at safer right-handers. But even if he gets comfy in barreling waves, he's a really long way from the natural finesse that Gabriel, Idolo, John John, Kelly, 
Julian, Jack Robinson, and others possess. In 2020, Karamas is going to be replaced by Garagagon, where, by the way, Luke Egan is the defending champ. And then there's a couple of uh, new qualifiers that showcase similar strengths to Felipe. So I think that this creates a lot more complexity for Felipe's pet events. So I'm going to argue that this third place ranking may be the best that we ever see from Felipe. Chloe Andino is the only of our title contenders to have never won an event. And while his comfort and prowess at pipe has increased over the years, the odds of him consummating that deed with these other athletes was only ever going to be a pipe dream. As you'd expect from our perennial bridesmaid, Kaloe utilized heat strategy to mitigate environmental variables. He caught waves first, built on his scoreline, and never botched priority. He beat Griffin and Jadson in round one and Seabass in round three, but eventually succumbed to Michel Berez in round four. True to form, Kaloe caught 10 waves to Michel's five, but the best only being a 5.17. Michel is a pipe master, and he favored patience over opportunity, which found him on the best two waves of the heat, which he served adequately to a 6.5 at pipe, and then a 6.93 on a deep backdoor runner with 3 minutes and 9 seconds on the clock. Chloe Andino did hold the yellow jersey briefly mid-season. He entered Europe in second, but gave up that positioning with two quarterfinal finishes. He entered Hawaii in fifth and leaves in that same position. A vast improvement over last year's 11th place finish, but still slightly under his best finish of fourth in 2016. And I'm really kind of at a loss for insights and advice on how he could create a point of difference in his surfing, or more importantly, a point of superiority over Idolo, Gabe, John John, or even Julian, Jordi, and Felipe. But I'm sure that Kaloe will never be happy with anything less than a world title, so there probably is more to come from him. And before we conclude the event, semifinalists Griffin Colapinto and Kelly Slater both deserve acknowledgement. Griffin made mistakes through the event, but he also went on a few crazy waves from harrowing positions, and his superlative talent and agility that we've seen all year translated into this bigger, scarier surf. It's his second pipe masters, but this third place finish is a vast improvement over last year's 13th. So congrats on that, Griffin. He finishes the year in 16th overall. Kelly Slater stated that he might retire if he were to win pipe. After his third place finish, he told Rosie Hodge that he'd probably be back next year and that he's actually feeling more motivated than he has in a while. We've seen Kelly get bored in the past, and I presume that the excitement of how intense the competition will be in 2020 is the reason for Kelly's motivation. Seeing what Idolo has done and knowing that Gabe is enraged and completely capable of a third title, Kelly's also eyeing John John, who will presumably be back to full health and looking to reassert the dominance that he enforced through the first four events of this season. So how could Kelly possibly sit all of that out? He was the only surfer to score a 10 this year at Pipeline. He also won this year's Triple Crown, but I've heard Kelly say in the past that there's no point in competing if you're not trying to win a world title. And perhaps Kelly's policy has changed since he made that proclamation, and maybe he's happy to aim for individual event wins and finish his career with a decade of top 10 finishes punctuated by 
two lesser finishes due to injury seasons. And if that's the case, that is great. I'm not demeaning it, and his surfing is still brilliant. This year's eighth place finish is super impressive by almost any other surfer's standards. But if the waves are anything less than stellar at Snapper, J-Bay, Chopu, G-Land, and Pipe, I'd suggest that he's a quarterfinalist at best. And the other events on tour, he's even less favored. So the hopes of him breaking into the top five ever again, in my mind, are slim. And the idea of a 12th title seems far-fetched. Although, I probably would have made this exact same prediction back in 2007, right before he came back and won three more titles over a very formidable champ, Mick Fanning, and other contenders like Joel Parkinson, who would go on to win a title. But truthfully, I honestly hope that Kelly proves me very, very wrong. I'll be glad to see what he does next year. And that brings us back to Pipe. Idolo beat Kelly in the semis, Gabe beat Griff, and Idolo and Gabe would surf their fourth heat of the day in very consistent surf for the final heat of 2019. Idolo would surf seven waves, Gabriel nine. Despite Gabriel being favored on paper and the fact that Gabe surfed nearly flawlessly throughout the early rounds, the overall energy really seemed to be with Idolo. Perhaps it was his underdog status, or maybe it was due to the fact that this was his sponsor's event and we were seeing ads featuring him at every commercial break. Or maybe it was because before Gabriel paddle-blocked Griffin in the semis and John in the quarters, he blatantly burned Kaiwa Belly, who held priority with 45 seconds left in the heat, Gabe knowing that he would lose his second scoring ride, but also knowing that his 4.23 was still enough to advance him through that heat. It would stand to reason that between Portugal and Hawaii, while Gabriel may have gained more Instagram followers, he probably lost a few surf fans. Fans who found it all too easy to convert their support from one tattooed Brazilian goofy footer to another. Discernible by their hair color, height, and facial hair, Idolo actually could have been confused as Gabriel as he outbattled him for rank on the first viable wave in the first 10 seconds of the final, a wave that would in fact net the highest score of the heat. Gabe wanted the left, but Idolo bullied his way into the right and earned a 7.83 for it. Gabriel answered back with a 7.7 at pipe. Idolo then backed up his first score with a 6.17 and left Gabe chasing a 6.24 for the next 15 minutes. Gabe never got it. But with 10 minutes left, Idolo navigated a super long left, got spit out, and then stomped a full rotation air on the end section for a 7.73, thus making Gabriel's task even harder and never to be surmounted. When Idolo landed the air, he saluted the beach, claiming the wave hard, and with it, his maiden world title and his first Pipe Masters trophy. After being chaired up the beach, he wept uncontrollably. He was unable to compose himself to chat with Rosie Hodge, but huffing between tears, he explained that he had lost a close family member recently, as had his girlfriend, and those people had encouraged him to take this title. The next few days, surfers from Felipe Toledo to Mick Fanning to Jack Freestone all posted photos of Idolo with words of congratulation. Idolo personally responded to each, stating gratitude and often citing that they had in fact each inspired his success. Congrats to Idolo Ferreira on winning an undeniably tough event and beating a very tough competitor. And congrats to Gabriel Medina on bringing out the best of all of your competitors. 
Surfers that failed to re-qualify for the 2020 Championship Tour are Ricardo Christie, Soli Bailey, Joan Deru, Ezekiel Lau, Sebastian Zietz, Michael Rodriguez, Jesse Mendez, and William Cardoso. Adriana De Souza, Mikey Wright, and Leonardo Fioravanti will be vying for just two injury wild cards. It's likely that the former world champ will have the most weight, so Adriano should get one. And then the other will likely be between Leo and Mikey. Whoever loses in that um, will probably be the first injury replacement for 2020, which Kai Abelli was this year, and he was able to surf the entire season because of it. He finished 17th, which secures his spot for 2020. New additions next year include Matthew McGillivray, Jack Robinson, and Morgan Sabilic. Those guys are joined by fellow qualifiers and former C-tiers Frederico Morais, Jadson Andre, Alex Ribeiro, Miguel Pupo, Ethan Ewing, and Connor O'Leary. And it goes without saying, but this year's Pipe Masters was a spectacular way to finish a very exciting season. So huge congrats and thanks to the World Surf League for all that you guys have put together. And thank you to you, the listener, for listening throughout the season. Happy holidays to all. This is David Scales for Surf Splendor. I'll be back New Year's week with our final installment with Dick Metz. And then Postscript will resume in four months at the beginning of April, which will be the end of the Corona Open Gold Coast. We will see you there.